Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. everyone welcome to adventures in autism episode 119 i am megan carranza thank you so much for coming to listen if it is your first episode welcome so happy to have you and if you've been listening thank you so much for coming on back to the show thank you so much to everyone who listened to last week's episode with my husband manny i got some really sweet feedback from you guys just kind of sharing your thoughts on the episode and and Manny and I and a lot of you were telling me about your marriages and relationships and I feel like every time Manny comes on the show it's like a very personal thing <laughs> um, and I, I feel like it makes me I, I always hear from from listeners in like a more personal kind of a way so I really appreciate all that feedback always I always appreciate the feedback if you are enjoying the show feel free to send me an email or a message or if you're really enjoying the show I'd be so appreciative if you would leave a rating and review, especially those on Apple Podcasts, they really help other people to find the show. And they also just warm my heart and make me so happy. And thank you so much to everybody who reached out and wished Logan a happy birthday. This past weekend, we celebrated Logan's eighth birthday. And I honestly think it may have been his best one yet, which even in crazy COVID times, we had a very low-key birthday. I usually have to go all out for the kids' birthdays, and this year was definitely not that. We had just like a little family party at home. I usually do tons of decorations. It was very simple, but it was honestly just perfect. We had, from start to finish, the whole day was so special, and I think Logan really felt that the most, which is the best part. So thank you so much to everyone who just texted or sent a message or an email. I heard from so many of you and it really just felt like we were all celebrating his birthday together, which was so sweet. So thank you. And moving on to today's episode, I am so excited for this one. My guest, her name is Megan Hines, but you may know her better on Instagram as Above Typical. That is her account. And Megan and I have been in correspondence for a long time. You'll hear us talk about this on the show, but we, she started her Instagram account and I started the podcast and all, you know, my social media that goes along with it right at about the same time. And our kids are similar ages. They're very different. <laughs> her son and Logan are definitely different, but you know, just being on, on this journey together, we have been talking to each other and keeping up with each other and getting to actually have her on this show and really hear more of the backstory and just like updates from them was so awesome. Megan is amazing. If you don't follow her, you definitely should, but I know you're going to love her listening to this episode. And one of the things that I, I really appreciated was when I was listening back to this, we talked a lot about sort of that feeling of kind of being on display when you have a child with autism. And for her, it's a little bit different because she lives in a small community. And 
I'm pretty sure her son is the only one in their community with autism. She didn't mention anybody else. So she kind of like she used the word beacon. She said <laughs> she feels like a beacon for autism. And I I just in like every situation, I always joke I'm the crazy autism lady. And it just seems to always somehow the conversation turns back to that, whether I'm looking to or not. And that's definitely something that I have thought about before, but it hasn't really come up on the show. And I'm sure many of you listening can really relate to that. Another really cool thing we talked about is her son has a service dog who they've had for about a year now. So we get to talk all about that. And then he just more recently started using a AAC device. So we talk about kind of finding that and sort of their journey, which was really interesting because Megan was sharing how she didn't necessarily think that it was the right thing. Thing for her son because he's not what you would classify as nonverbal. But still having a device is super, super helpful for him. And I'm really glad we touched on this because again, I feel like this isn't something that has really come up before on the show. So I'm going to stop talking about the episode and just let you guys listen to it uh, because I know you're going to love it. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Megan. Hi, Megan. Welcome to Adventures in Autism. Hello, Megan. It's so good to be here. It is so good to have you here. You and I were just kind of talking before. This has been like an extremely long time coming. Have you (laughs) as a guest? I feel like you were like one of my earliest people that I connected with people listening to the show. And it's, I mean, it was just ages ago and we've just stayed in connecting this whole time. Um, and I've loved following your journey and your account on Instagram. So we'll, we'll get into all that. Um, and it's also funny that we're both Megan. <laughs> no, I love that. Love Which it. <laughs> I didn't know. Cause you don't, you're, you're a little more like anonymous on your page. So I don't even know yeah. what out that your name was Megan. I'm like, you're Megan too. (laughs) (laughs) I think it did take a while. And yeah, I think we started the journeys almost at exactly the same time on Instagram. So when I found you, I was like, oh my gosh, exactly what I was looking for. That is so I know. Well, I, like I said, I know, I know some of your story because I've been following you for so long and I, I love following your journey on Instagram, but I'm really excited to just, you know, hear it straight from you today. So if you will kind of take us back to the beginning and what that looked like for you and your family, I would love to hear. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I'll, I'll set the stage a little bit. So we, um, when I gave birth to my son, we lived in Montana. So we built a, a home up in the mountains, a very remote location, you know, big sweeping views of mountains. It was gorgeous. Um, and I also had lost my daughter to trisomy 18 a few years back. So it took me a long time to even get the guts up, you know, to, to get pregnant again. So during my pregnancy with him, obviously we did every single test under the sun because there's a a higher probability you'll have another trisomy 18 baby the next time. So Mm -hmm. it was, it was a pretty stressful setup. Um, You know, we, our home was about 45 minutes to an hour away from any town and it was, uh, it was pretty intense. So that, that's where it all started. (laughs) Um, He was, you know, hitting all the milestones, like a lot of us say, right? He was walking and crawling. Um, When I look back, I feel like you can see signs so much more clearly that you couldn't see at the time, right? He 
he's always been the type of kid that would never put anything in his mouth. Like he's still very particular with foods. Um, and you know, they have to be crunchy and this, that, you know, and some of those things, but he would never take a bottle. So it was, I mean, you know, you talk to people, Oh, you got to try this bottle. Oh, you're trying the wrong mm-hmm. thing. Oh, it must be this. It was just, I must've had a hundred different <laughs> bottle types <laughs> in my house. Um, so that was the first thing he was very quiet didn't really have any words you know he didn't really lose his language he just never really had a lot of words Mm -hmm. um you would roll a ball past him or an animal would walk past him and it was almost like you couldn't see it right so it was um it was a lot of the oh my gosh can he see oh my gosh can he hear you know those types of things that first struck us Mm -hmm. um he was always always been super laser focused about having something in his hand so when he was really little, it was sticks. And so, of course, his grandmas would say, oh, fun. He likes to play with sticks. And I'm like, yeah, but that's all he plays with mm-hmm. is sticks. Um, so he had a lot of uh, visual stimulation with them. He would roll them in his hands and spin them in front of his eyes really closely. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he still does that today with objects. So, you know, I remember he used to have things like a, a wooden eight you know, a number eight off of a puzzle. And man, he had that thing for years. Um, There were times I almost contacted the company and said, can you just send me a bag of the eights? Like, I don't need any other number, just the eight, please. Um, And so there were just a few things that we had noticed. But again, I was just thrilled that he was there with us and a healthy baby. Um. So one night, you know, obviously I think we had some inklings and my husband saw a story on the news about an autistic child. And I think we both sat there and watched it and went and just froze like, wait a second. I mean, I I didn't know anyone with autism. I didn't know anything about it. Um, So of course I Googled it. Great place to start. Right. So um I read through the traits and it was just like one after another, after another, after another. And we, at this point, we were pretty close to his two year checkup. So by the time I walked into that pediatrician, I was on a rampage mm-hmm. <laughs> just thinking, Oh my gosh, I can't wait to talk to somebody and get some answers and see what's going on and um, just get more information. And of course I walk in and the first thing she says is, Oh, he just walked up to me and looked at me. He's fine. Just get him some speech in a couple, you know, when he's two and a half or so. Mm. So I essentially was just feeling in my gut that this wasn't going to work. I thought this is not, I don't think she's listening to me. I don't feel like I'm getting supported and I still have a lot to learn. So In about five months time, we had picked up from the home we'd built and moved to Washington State. So um, I just knew looking around at the preschools and the services that were around us at the time, I think they've improved in Montana at this point, but it was just so limited. I just knew immediately this is not good. And I can't raise my son with special needs at a very, you know, remote house. It just wasn't a good idea. So Um, I knew that, you know, Seattle has the Seattle Children's Hospital and the Seattle Autism Center and the University of Washington had some amazing stuff. So, of course, where we moved was on an island. So (laughs) still maybe not quite. (laughs) 
<laughs> the level of services <laughs> that you might uh, expect. But, um, you know, we're kind of obviously those type of people. We need water and nature to get out there and, and regulate ourselves. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, as soon as we got on the island, we I enrolled him in the preschool. And again, it's a very small community, which has had a lot of pros and a lot of cons we can talk about. But, mm-hmm. you know, the school staff almost immediately was like, so have you, you know, talked to anyone about his development? It was just they picked up on it immediately. And I thought, OK, this is this is what I where I need to be. Um, mm-hmm. So they hooked me up with the county nurse who obviously also said, yeah, he qualifies for just about every service right away. And it's that weird feeling where you haven't gotten a diagnosis yet, but you're going, wow, no one can actually say the autism word to me, but they're all telling me in their own ways that he needs help, right? Or that there's something developmentally that's not quite in line with his age or however you would say that. But So we got early intervention services and I knew that I really had to get the diagnosis before those were up at age three when we entered into the public school system. And, Mm -hmm. and I think I started trying to get it fairly early when we came to the Island, but every call I was making was waiting lists and dead ends. And, um, so I was just calling you know, anyone I could think of that was related to someone in the hospital or someone that had a friend here, a friend there. And it, it actually ended up being one of my sister's friends that hooked me up. And to make a long story short, we found a private um, psychologist and she was amazing. Um, I still love her today. I email her random questions in the middle of the night. You know, she's one of those people (laughs) that I can trust. And, um, You know, we walked in and it literally took her about five minutes to say, oh, he doesn't play. And I just obviously just lost it. Like, oh, my goodness, everything I've done for the last year and moving and selling my home. And, you know, it was just finally getting someone that got it that could give me that piece of paper to say it's, you know, here's the start of the journey and you know, now we can actually figure out what to do from here. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so that's kind of where it all started. Um, When we got to the public school, honestly, it was, uh, it was pretty much a nightmare. Um, (laughs) The ones that you hear about, we did actually start right away, obviously, to try to find ABA services. um, Mm -hmm. And everywhere I called was wastes you know, year long waiting list. So again, I just called around and tried to find connections and found a private BCBA, um, ended up getting one of the gals here that was already working with him as a a trained assistant with her. And we would all meet monthly in my kitchen on the island and talk about everything that happened that month. It was like a, it was an awesome collaboration, but it also made me realize if you're going to live in a more remote place, even though we're fairly close to Seattle, you got to make a lot of it happen yourself. And so that was a little, little overwhelming, a little tough place to start, but that, um, that was a lot of just how it started. Um, Mm. school was, um, you know, he's, he's only in second grade and he's been in the public school system for five years already. So it's been a long (laughs) 
a long haul. But um, yeah, the first principle, like the first IEPs, I'm pretty sure she broke every possible law that she could have broken. Um, It was just an absolute nightmare that, you know, ended with, I had to get advocacy groups. And I mean, I learned so much to know that now exactly what I need to do and what it looks like, but it was a way to start the improv, the whole process. So, um, yeah, he's, he's amazing. And it's been a long, long road. Um, you know, after preschool in the public school system, it did get a little bit better. Um, I knew that principle wasn't going to last because you just can't live in a place like this and be that much of a jerk in a small (laughs) society here. But, um, you know, we had a really, really rough time from about age four to six. Um, you might consider my son verbal, but he really didn't, people really didn't understand his words until he was maybe six. And so there was that time in there where he was trying so hard to communicate um, and couldn't. And he knew exactly what he was saying, but he just couldn't get it out. So there was that really rough part around communicating. We had really aggressive behaviors, you know, for a few years there, just, it was, it's been pretty rough. I feel like we're starting to get some of the services that he needs and maybe we can talk about that later, but actually a lot of that has happened during COVID times, which is Mm-hmm. Um, a pretty strange thing to happen, but, um, yeah, so he's, he's, um, he's pretty awesome. He's, he works so hard. He elopes a lot. <laughs> you know, most <laughs> of our life is controlled around eloping. I mean, you just have to watch it every single second of every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the things that we've tried to help him with are around that he did. He has gotten out of school twice. Um, which has not been good, but I think that's one of the reasons I do like living in a smaller community is that most people know him and, Mm. you know, from running down the aisle in the grocery store or, you know, screaming at the farmer's market or, you know, I mean, it didn't take long for people to know our family. So it's in that way, I feel like we're safe in a safer in a small community, but, um, yeah. So, I mean, those are just some of the things that we've kind of, kind of been through. It's so, yeah. I have like a million things I want to say, but I, that was one of the things I wanted to ask you. Cause I know you do live in like a very kind of unique, small community. Um, and what is that like? Like I literally, so I've lived, I've lived, you know, in the suburbs of Chicago my whole life. Um, and I picture like Northern exposure, that old TV show. <laughs> yes, I loved that show. <laughs> That's like, yeah. My only, when I think about like Montana or like where you are um, now, yeah. I, I like, I have no reference for it, but I, but when you said like people, you know, got to know him quickly, I feel like that's gotta be such a pro yeah. to have, living in that area because I I mean we we're lucky like the community that we live in is really large but we have a a great like you know home or just our actual little like neighborhood that we live in people are really supportive and and loving to Logan um but on a bigger scale I feel like there's so many people have so much to learn (laughs) yes yeah that like 
you guys like in your community, like you said, like with, um, you know, school getting better, but then, yeah, like when you just like, like you said, like going to the farmer's market, stuff like that. Have you felt like people have been accepting and like supportive of you guys there? You know, it's, it's a little bit of both. I feel like you're a beacon, you know, I feel like we are just kind of standing out there for everyone to see in some ways, but I also see it that we're kind of educating people at the same time. I mean, a lot of these kids that he went to preschool with, they, you know, the class size are about 20 kids and most of them graduate together. So it's a, they already know him so well and they seem to be very caring Um, and there's lots of parents now that will just come ask me and just say, I know nothing about autism, but my kid will come home and ask me questions or, um, but you know, in some ways you do feel like you can't hide, you know, obviously my son has a service dog as well. So the minute you get a dog and you, you know, tether your child to the dog and start walking around the grocery store, which is obviously the main (laughs) place you see people in a small community, Um, again, you're just kind of putting yourself out there. And that was really hard for me, um, specifically with the dog for some reason. I mean, because as we all know, autism can be a little bit of a hidden disability at times, right? Um, But the, the minute you get a service dog, you're definitely not hidden. And, you know, I do feel like there's a lot of compassion for him on the community, which, which I really appreciate. But I also feel like it's pretty lonely right? There's not a ton of special needs kids in the school. When it comes to autism, you know, I don't, I have one friend on the island who has a daughter who's 18 and she was actually also his early intervention (laughs) therapist. Um, Wow. And I did ask her, you know, during school is still really hard for him. It's just, I mean, if you can combine everything that's hard and put it in one spot, it's pretty much school and how you describe school. But You know, I asked her when her daughter graduated, how did you get through this? And she said, you know, in a lot of ways, I felt like we were doing it for other people as well. Like you really have to show other people that there is diversity, that there is people that are going to have harder times, that you got to support each other in different ways. And I thought that was a really amazing way to say it. So, yeah, yeah, it's got pros and it's got cons. The services part is tricky. Um, We did find a private speech therapist on a neighboring island, um, loved her. Um, I do feel like when we find people, it's a little bit shorter lived, right? You know, we've tried horses Mm -hmm. and we've tried um, (laughs) some of those things on the island, but because people don't have a lot of knowledge, they're not specific places that have a lot of other autistic children that they might be helping. I have to I have to ramp them up. I have to train them. I have to tell them, you know, Mm -hmm. things that might work, things that might not. So it's a lot of extra effort in those ways. Um, And, you know, my son is all about routine. So the idea every school year, I would ask myself, okay, can I take him out of school, put him on a ferry, put him in a car, get him to Seattle for a couple hour appointment, bring him back and have him still be successful the next day at school. And, is that worth it? So there's so many, I really toil over that a lot of, do I have enough services here? And am I getting him what he needs? Um, living in a smaller community, it's tough. Yeah. Yeah, no, I definitely can see, like you said, there's, there's 
pros and there's cons and it's just like figuring out the balance of all that. Yeah. Yeah. Totally also relate to, like you said, being like a beacon. I always joke. I'm like the crazy autism lady. Like I just feel like my reputation precedes me. Yes. yes. <laughs> and when I people, like I'm like, okay, should I just tell them that like I'm the crazy autism lady? And then I'm like, no, they're just going to figure it out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's just come out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you go out with a group of friends, I'm the only autistic parent, you know, it's not like there's going to be other ones there so yeah they kind of know my stories are a little different but yeah yeah so funny though because like I said we live in like a really large community and um on Halloween we were trick-or-treating and we were my sister-in-law lives in the same neighborhood as us and so we were like on her side of the neighborhood which again it's huge so we're, we're not necessarily like we don't have the same neighbors even though we're in the same neighborhood and so we were over by her house and literally somebody trick-or-treating stopping and she was like Megan I listened to your podcast oh, that's awesome. <laughs> like, oh, I really do feel like I have like this like autism spotlight on me which I'm, I'm so like happy to have it but like you said it's like you you can't really hide yeah and sometimes like it like in, in cases like that where I'm just like you know trick-or-treating with my kids and it's like this it, it's it's just it, it consumes your life it does no matter what yeah yeah. Yeah. We were, I was at a barbecue at my uh, boss's house and a, a woman walked up to me really fast and she said, oh, are you above typical? And I said, yeah. <laughs> and she said, oh my God, thank you. I love it. And I think her, her son gets some special needs services, but is not autistic. So it was really cute. A, yeah. a friend was standing next to me and she said, oh, a fan. And I was like, oh, stop it. It just <laughs> But it was cute. It was nice. That's really cute. Yeah. yeah I mean, no, it, it's so nice to like have this community. Um, but like you said, like in the, in the day-to-day moments where you sometimes would like to just sort of, um, you know, have, be able to kind of slip by unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have a service dog, but I, I mean, also I feel like our, our kids are different. Like I really can't hide Logan's autism. Right. <laughs> like, there's no... <laughs> There's no hiding it. We're not, we're not definitely not trying to. Yes. Um, but it's just funny. Cause I feel like in any situation, it's like, we are, we definitely stick out mm-hmm. and I think that's great. But yeah, there's definitely times when you're like, Hmm, I need to just like run in for a quick errand. And it's like, what, what am I going to run into with this? If I do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> side of it. It's so true. Um, yes. So the other thing I wanted to talk about though, was the dog and how you got the dog. I did an episode a few months back um, with a owner of a, a company who, who trains dogs. And I had gotten a lot of questions. I don't know much about it though. Cause I don't have a cervix dog. Can you kind of go into how you guys decided to go about that and how it's been? Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was early on in his diagnosis, maybe right around three or four. And um, my husband kind of brought it up and said, you know, I think this would be a really good idea for him because we're kind of an animal household. I personally had really never had a dog, but my husband had. And we just kind of knew that we might not always be in big cities. And what kind of other options do you have, right? And that we Mm -hmm. go hiking a lot. We're outside a lot. We didn't know at that point the level of his elopement that we would have, but we did know that we were going to have substantial challenges. So it was just one of the things in the toolbox that we thought might work good for our family. So Mm -hmm. we, 
like I said, we started about when he was four, started researching different companies, um, tried to think about how we were going to raise the money, um, you know, and it's, it's not for the faint of heart, for sure. It's, it's a pretty, you know, it's, it's an intense process. You have to, once you pick the company, and that was really tough too, just to know, because it's, you know, it's an expensive endeavor, of course, and you want to make sure you get the right fit as far as training and communication and the type of dogs they have, um, the type of kids that they train the dogs for. Um, I definitely talked with, with a handful of companies that were not a good fit. And I wanted mm-hmm. something fairly close to us because I knew that we could not travel far. Um, you know, my son's challenges and all of that. He hasn't been on a plane since he was two, which is really, so I knew I wanted something close that was a reasonable amount of time for training that we could do as a family. So, um, we amazingly, um, there, we started to, to come up with fundraisers and we have some really good friends that have a fundraiser at their house once a year. So we were starting to kind of coordinate with them. And they came back to us and said, we have a group of families that just want to pay for it. And we just about, yeah, I'm not going to cry. We we just about fell over. So we actually were able to come up with the funds really, like I will never be able to pay them back and what they have done for us. But um, so after you pay for the dog, it's two years minimum that you wait. So you have a lot of trust in this company that you just paid yeah. some money to and that they're going to pick the right dog. And um, so we got his dog, Yuki, almost exactly a year ago. We got it right around Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still really nervous about the introduction of a dog for him, if he would put up with the tether um, you know, how that, how the school staff would take it. Cause I, I love them and everything they do for him. So I was super protective of them and just what the process was going to be like. Um, mm. and the fact that my son was slow going at kind of coming around to animals, right. He's not the kind of kid that just runs up to every dog and says, Oh, I love it. I mean, he, a, an animal can walk by and he might not care. So I think the, the age, you know, at the time he was seven, I think that was really important. I don't think I could have done it when he was younger. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think the timing worked well. Um, And the trainers, uh, my husband went down to Portland to train for a week. And then the trainers came up here as well, which was really nice for them to see um, our community. And that's part of why I picked them too, is I knew they actually physically come to your house they train the school staff. They did it all in our community versus going somewhere and then having to kind of come back and, and figure it out. So um, it was, he took to it really well. Um, I really thought he was just going to take that tether and just throw it back at us <laughs> and say, forget it. Um, but, you know, it's, they said it would take about a year and it is taking about a year for them to really bond. You know, I'm working really hard right now on, on the cuddling factor so that when he does go to school and has a hard time, he knows that Yuki is there to also cuddle him because right now, right now, Yuki is helping a lot with the resistance of running and just the comfort of having Yuki there with him. I also think it's somewhat of a, my son has very, very high anxiety and 
has for years and years and years. So I think it's a really good focus for him to say, okay, I'm getting out of the car. I'm getting my tether. I'm getting my handle. I'm walking. Right. So Mm -hmm. he's kind of focusing on something else. That's not, oh my gosh, I have to get out of the car and walk into that building. You know? So it almost to me feels like it's a habitual steps that he can take that he know he can do and then he can keep moving forward. Right. It's almost a little bit something else to focus on for his anxiety. So, I mean, overall, I think it's been great. I think there's definitely times where it's been really hard. I mean, because you almost get two dogs, you get the dog that's trained as a service dog, and then you get the family dog. And Mm -hmm. our dog was raised in the city. Um, You know, so the first time I took him on a leash on a trail, he looked at me like I was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) So that, you know, you kind of, he's an amazing service dog, but it's like having two different dogs. So now I'm, you know, when, when the company first says, okay, we picked your dog here, read these, read these training books about dogs. I was like, what? Like, this is never something that interested me at all, but the books Mm -hmm. were very interesting and opened my eyes and, you know, it's, it's been a lot of work. It's not, it's not um, an easy process, but we literally could not go in the grocery store without him just bolting. Um, We couldn't really walk downtown without him running um, restaurants for something we didn't even attempt. Um, So, you know, there's um, he does go to an outdoor camp. Well, he did before, you know, COVID times. Um, He's been at we have this amazing, huge YMCA camp on our island that the kids get to use. And his one on one aid really likes having Yuki for that, too. It just keeps them directed. It keeps him from not feeling like he has to run. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, I think overall, I feel extremely lucky you know, to have that in our toolbox. But I love that you said like it came about because like you and your husband were talking about, you know, living where you guys do, there isn't a ton of resources. So you're like, okay, what, what can we do to provide him support that, you know, maybe it's not available here. So like, what other options do we have? Cause I didn't even think about that, but that is such a great Cause like you said, it's, it's for anxiety. It's helping him with the elopement. Like there's so many pieces that mm-hmm. the dog can really help with. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, you hope that it's going to help with those things. And when it does, you just go, Oh my goodness. You just can sigh a little bit of relief thinking, okay, you oh, know, I'm sure. we have something that we can control you know, versus yeah. getting on waiting lists or, you know, going to big cities or things like that. So Yeah. yeah. That episode that I did, I was blanking before. It was with Laura from Good Dog Autism, which they are like a, they they train dogs specifically for autism. And I remember listening back to that episode, like having the conversation with her and then listening back to it and thinking like, this just sounds like a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So it's, yeah. It's like, I, one of those things where it's almost like people think like, oh, I'm going to get this dog and everything's going to be great. But it's like, there's, it's a two way street for sure. Mm-hmm. Um but it's definitely something that I, I, I don't know if it's right for us now, but it's something I would absolutely consider for the future because I think there are just so many benefits to it. Yeah. Yeah. And I really liked that episode. And I, I remember what I think is really important. Like you just said, waiting till later is okay because you want this dog through the hard teenage years and a lot of that, you know, you don't want them losing their dog when they're going through some of the hard transitions or some of that too. So yeah, yes, those are that, good things to think about. Yeah. That stuck with me was that, you know, people kind of get in their mind like, oh, the sooner the better, but that's not like with so many things, that's mm-hmm. not always the case. 
Yep. So true. Yeah. Well, I love seeing Yuki with your, your little guy. So definitely keep posting photos because they're both so cute. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. yeah. Sharing that because again, I feel like we, sometimes we have this idea of what it would be like to have a service dog. And I like that you are real about it, about the good stuff and the hard stuff too. Yeah. Um, and then speaking of like other sort of endeavors, you and I were just chatting too. So your son just recently started using an AAC device and I'd love to hear how that's going, how you kind of decided on what program to use and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's one of those things I look back on and realize my mom gut should have spoken up maybe years ago (laughs) about it. (laughs) Um, because my son, like I said, he, he, you may consider him verbal at this point, but it doesn't mean that he's very clear in his communication, right? He's very, very echolalic. So Mm -hmm. 90 some percent of what he says is um, something that he's heard. Lots of that is lines from shows Um, that, that kind of started when he was young. Um, I was little sidebar. I was never allowed to watch TV as a kid. So screen time for me <laughs> and adjusting to that with my autistic son that uses it as a tool has been really mm-hmm. hard for me and not the <laughs> AAC, but like the shows that he watches. Right. And he is, he's one that also uses, um, he uses his iPad to stem, right. He's, never sat down and watched an entire show ever. He sits there and rewinds little sections. And I think what he's doing is he's literally learning it. He's learning the words. And I think he started doing that at a really young age because he has this amazing memory. Like he could not have watched a show on his iPad for literally years. And he can pull it up, go right to the section that he knows he wants to see the picture of the sleigh or hear the particular phrase and he can find it in about 30 seconds. So he wow. uses that as a tool and mm-hmm. has been doing that for years. So obviously a transition to something like an AAC that is a tool that, you know, he can remember where things are really well um, is something that I think fits him well. So like I said, he's echolalic. Um, he does have a lot of um, articulation challenges that has been something I've really been striving to work with him on more and more. His, his tongue kind of comes out a lot. So there's still quite a few people that can't really understand what he's saying, but you would consider him verbal, right? So I think there's, there's, there's this thing in the autism community that I have a hard time with is I didn't think that my son could have an AAC device because he's considered verbal. Right. And I think that, um, I wish I wouldn't have thought that, right. I wish I would have stepped back and go, wow, he really needs some help in communicating because a lot of his aggressions and his anxieties and things are so much from just not being understood, even though the words are coming out of his mouth. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, since I know every show back and forth by heart, I know when he refers to something from a show, kind of what he's trying to tell me. But now what the Mm -hmm. AAC does, what we're really starting to focus on is just kind of the functional communication portion of it, right? Like I'm feeling anxious or I'm being able to put words to what he's feeling versus using a phrase from a show to tell us how he's feeling. Um, Mm -hmm. 
I'm also trying to just, you know, use it. Hey, let's go find the walrus. You know, I mean, we are literally 10 days into this. So I am. And of course, everything is remote. All the therapy sessions with his SLP that's supporting me on this is all remote. So we're, you know, doing this on our own here, even though she's amazing. Um, So it's going really well, I think, to start with because of all those strengths I described. And when I first, I have met this SLP once physically since COVID time. And I walked in and my son was having a really hard time. Like usually he didn't want to go into this place. He was throwing himself on the ground and crying. And she whipped out the AAC device and started doing just that kind of, are you feeling anxious or kind of pointing at some of the feelings and emotions. And he just like took to it. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're the person I've been looking for for years that, you know, I kind of knew that an AAC might be good for him, but never had really had that therapist to say, hey, have you tried this? Or I think this might work. So I'm so excited that she brought that up as a possibility. And um, I'm really loving how it's going. You know, he I feel like when he starts rumbling of really starting to have a really hard time, but just can't can't figure out how to tell you what he's thinking or what he's feeling or what he needs. Um, That's where that can step in. And again, I think it's a little bit of that redirection as well, kind of with the dog, I can redirect him to the device and say, you know, tell me, and of course, how you're feeling. I mean, that is just, he says he's droopy. He says he's wet. My son cannot say, mom, I think I'm feeling anxious or confused or disappointed. Like we're still working on those words. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's a little bit of directing to say, um, do you feel frustrated or are you sad? Um, and then also saying, Hey, look, you're happy. So, um, yes, I, I have to remember the good times to use with it. Right. The fun stuff. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm really excited. Um, and talk about not being like able to hide. Now we've got a dog and AAC, all these things that we're <laughs> adding on, layering on top to help him out. But um, I'm really thrilled about it. And the, the software. Um, so when we walked into the gal's office, just meeting with her physically once, she showed me a few of the different types of software. Um, and I could almost tell immediately by the look of it what might work for him it can't be two cartoons like pecs were tried with him when he was young he was like eh. he needs like pretty much images that can represent things well um mm-hmm. and she also described you know how you add things how you can hide things how you um kind of who developed it um how you work with the company all those different things I tested pretty quickly. I didn't go through a lengthy process of testing a bunch of different platforms. I just kind of knew in my gut that that one was going to work for us and for him. So um, it is called Speak for Yourself. And it was developed by a couple of SLPs. So they have a big uh, Facebook group and, you know, they have a website and provide support almost themselves. So if you have... (laughs) a question, they're on it right away, but it's also a smaller organization. So you have to kind of balance again, um, Mm -hmm. what you're looking for. I don't think there's probably any bad platform. I think it's just, which one you think fits for, for your kiddo, but. Yeah. Yeah. 
I remember when you first told me that you guys were going to use that. I'm like, oh, I haven't heard of that one. Um, and I'm in a couple different like AAC groups on Facebook. So I just did like a little bit of research and it really looks awesome. Um, but I like what you said about, you know, kind of knowing like where to start because, yeah, I mean, it, that's one of those things with AAC um, and medication too. I get a lot of questions about both of those things and people want to know like specifically what we've done. And I'm like, it really doesn't matter what we've done because every kid mm-hmm. is so different. So I'm like happy to share my experience, but I'm not like use this as a guidebook, just like y- use, like, I, I, I mean, like anything, like just take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. Um, because for us, like I had a couple programs in mind that I thought would be good for Logan. And I specifically had said to his SLP, I'm like, I, I don't really want to do touch chat. Cause I felt like touch chat was like, almost like two run of the mill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my initial thought with it, but Logan did amazing with pecs and it took a while for him to catch on to it. But once we had like a real system going with pecs that we were using, like at school, at home during therapy, it really became like such a wonderful tool for him. And touch chat looks a lot like pecs. You can put mm-hmm. in icons. Like I can take a picture of something and then put it right in if we don't have an icon. But it looked similar enough to PAX for him that it was a really great place to start. And then we ended up just sticking with it. We did do a pretty long trial period just because I wanted to keep it open to other things. But yeah, I think that's so important to keep in mind is that like every kid is so different. All the programs are so different. And like what, you know, what they take to, it it really just kind of depends on the individual. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, if, if I could make a real picture for every button that my son would recognize, <laughs> he would love that, but I'm not going to do that. I mean, I think it's also important yeah. for him to, you know, be able to digest the images that are on there. It's funny, I have one button that we made that is physically him sitting in his chair, and he does go to that one quite a bit. <laughs> That's his favorite. Yeah. Yeah, so, we will with certain yeah. things well, but we, the, the idea is that like, you kind of want to keep it more generic because that keeps it sort of more, more and more like open-ended. So we have a few that are like actual physical pictures, but most of the time we try to go with the icons that are in the program because they're a little bit easier to understand. But it's so funny. I was just talking about this earlier this week, like he, he wanted an apple and the apple on his, his touch chat is red and we had green apples at the time and he got really confused like he's like <laughs> I know I want the apple but then and then he started like so he like took my finger and he like put it over the apple but then also put it over something green so it's like he he needs things to be like specific because he understands yes. I want the apple but I it's the green apple I want not a red apple um so now I'm like oh we got to add green apple to your your packs or your your touch chat because I'm like we don't want to have confusion here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My boy is very specific on stuff like that as well for schedules and things, man, I better get that picture. Right. Because if he drives up to, you know, say we're going to a new place, luckily mm-hmm. there's lots of images online of places that you're going, but <laughs> yeah. you know, if we're going to a new place, he's looking for that building that's in the picture, you know, mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. particular on things like that. So I'm definitely not taking his AAC to that level, but you know, I could, I could kind of just tell by looking at some of the images a little bit, what might work. And, you know, I like the flexibility. I can use it really easy, but they all seem like they have good strengths. I think one of the key things was 
obviously making sure none of the buttons ever move right because he's a very like I said he remembers things I'm sure like um a lot of people do but you know it better be in that same spot so it's 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 um I love it. I love learning it. I feel like it's a really fun process. I kind of want my own to play with now. I, you know, it's keeping my hands off of his is um, very important. Um, But it's, it's such a cool concept. I love it. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's, we've had ours for a little over a year now and it's been, he took to it really quickly, like kind of how you said your son did, but we're just still working on like expanding because for a long time, he's really kind of used it like how he would packs just for, for like requesting. Whereas like you said, like we're really working on him, like trying to, you know, share his feelings or just sort of like bring him into the conversation more. Mm-hmm. And for a while we were still just seeing that like requesting and just using it in more of a basic way. Uh, and it's really just been like the last few months that we are seeing him, really expand on that which I know is because we have a wonderful private SLP now who's been amazing with all of this um and it's like having those moments those those little moments that we've had with him where it's like we are really seeing him communicate in a very like effective way it just like makes my heart soar it's incredible yeah yeah I hear you and you know my son can do this too he can take to something real fast and then he'll be like eh you know, just kind of, mm-hmm. it, I have to be real careful to make sure that it keeps going. So yeah, I think it's going to be a long process, but um, I'm hoping it'll be a good tool. Yeah. We've all got the, so I do think it's important to note too, though, because you had said you wish you'd done it sooner. Sometimes I feel like I said this to you <laughs> before we started recording. I'm like, I, I feel like things happen when they're, when they're supposed to. Mm-hmm. So and I think with, with the AAC too, I, I, there was a time when I was like itching to get it. And I look back now and I'm like, no, I really feel like it happened when it was supposed to for him. Because I think if we'd gotten it like too early, he wouldn't have used it as a tool as much mm-hmm. as he does now. I think he yeah. really needed to see it in that way. And so when people will say to me like, oh, I really want to get an AAC, like, how do you think I should do it? I'm like, whatever you do is like what's right for you, but don't feel like you're, you have to be in such a rush with it because I do think, and that was one of the first things that Logan's um, SLP at school, who she's the one who like got this process rolling for us. That was one of the things that she had said to me. And I kind of didn't want to hear it at that point. Cause I was just, like I said, like itching to get my hands on it where she's like, if he doesn't learn to use it properly, it's really not even worth having. Yeah. And and true. yeah. And I didn't totally understand that at first. Um, but now I absolutely do. And I feel like I know what it's like to feel impatient and just want to give your kid words and just want to, you know, give them that communication. But it is sometimes like better to just hold off and kind of like we were talking with the dog too. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's not, yeah, it's yeah. not always better. So yeah. So, so many things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just so, I'm just feel so glad that she brought it up to me as an option. You know, mm-hmm. I had, I really had completely written it off and just thought, Oh no, I guess that's not something we would do, but yeah. So I'm just, sometimes you meet the right people at the right time, I guess. <laughs> Isn't it funny how it's like, like need the permission from someone else. And we're like, so Oh, true. We- <laughs> yeah. 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 I know it. I know it. Yeah. Well, I really well. want to talk to you 
This has been so much fun. Can you share where everyone can connect with you and find you? Yeah. So I am above typical on Instagram. I don't do it on Facebook anymore just because I felt like those were two very different um, audiences. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I was glad to be able to, to educate some of my family and friends about um, autism and our lives and things on Facebook. But what I really love about Instagram is because I'm in such an isolated place, I get to meet people like you and just it's such an important community to me that I pretty much just do um, Instagram. I do have a website, but I haven't posted on it in a while. I would I should. But um, I put a couple articles on there. I think it's linked in the profile, but that's primarily where I'm at. It's so funny you say that about Facebook because I do feel like it is very different. And I honestly really enjoy doing both. Um, but the community is really different on Facebook than it is on Instagram. Yeah. Extremely. So I, but yeah. I, you know, what's so funny is on, on Facebook, I connect with a lot of family members, like people who not necessarily it's their child that has autism. There's plenty that, that I talk to that, you know, have a child with autism, but I hear from a lot of like grandparents or aunts and uncles, whereas on Instagram, yeah. more yeah. parents. Um, yeah it is it's really interesting and like I said I I really enjoy doing both but it is very different yeah yeah and I I think I just gave myself that that was really just in the last month or so I said you know what you don't have to do both right now right this is very much a let's figure out how to take care of um ourselves a little bit from time to time so how about I just leave that one behind for now not worry about it um, cause I felt like that brought me a lot more angst of, you know, should I say this or should I not? And I really mm-hmm. don't ever want to feel that I want to yeah. just be able to be honest and true and not worry about that, how a family member or a friend might interpret that or say, Oh no, you know, and those types of things. I really, yeah. um, I just, I like the, the Instagram part of that. I yeah. totally. I totally understand. No, if it's not like serving, really, that's my rule with like anything in life. If this is not serving me, we're done with it. Yes, that's true. That's true. Well, Definitely. I love following your Instagram account. Where you live is so beautiful. So just for your photos alone, it's so much fun to see. But everything oh, you thank you. so authentic and heartfelt. And I just have really enjoyed your journey. Well, thank you. I feel the same way about yours. Cause like I said, I, we started, I think almost at exactly the same time. And when I found your podcast, I was like, oh, this is exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> so thank you for all you do too. Oh, it. thank you. Well, this has been so much fun. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon, but take care. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. For you, the listeners of Adventures in Autism podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. I often get asked for book recommendations related to autism, and one that I always go back to is called The Out of Sync Child by Carol Kranowitz, and it was actually recommended to me by a friend who is also an OT, and I read this book years ago before Logan was even diagnosed. It's not necessarily just for autism. It also goes into like sensory processing disorder or ADHD, but it's just very valuable information and a really great resource that I still pull from today, even though I read it years ago. So that's a really good one. Sometimes just to get my mind off things, I also just enjoy 
good old chiclet. <laughs> I love anything by Emily Giffen, like something borrowed or something blue. And those are available on Audible as well. But you can pick from any of their titles. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism all one word. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash adventures in autism for your free audiobook. Okay, well, I hope you enjoyed listening to my conversation with Megan. Isn't she just a delight? I really had the best time chatting with her and I was telling her earlier today when I was listening back to the episode and going over it, I just had like the biggest smile on my face because it was just such a great conversation and I enjoyed even getting to listen to it again. And it's so funny when people on Instagram that, you know, you connect with and especially with her, like we, we finished our conversation and I said, I was like, Megan, I, I feel like this like kindred connection with you. And she was like, oh my gosh. She's like, I have felt that with you like since the beginning, since we first started following each other. And it's so, it's just amazing to me. It never stops blowing my mind how, you know, you can like not know somebody in person, but feel so connected to them and their story and really like take so much solace in that because I know I do that with so many of you and I hear from you guys telling me the same thing and it just it always just reaffirms why I love this community so much and how I'm so so grateful for it and Megan is absolutely no exception and I know that her and I are just going to continue this wonderful friendship and I'm so thankful so that is all for today I hope you enjoyed the show definitely follow Megan on Instagram at above typical if you would like to connect with me you can find me on Instagram at adventures and autism pod or you can find me on Facebook at adventures and autism podcast or you can email me me at adventures in autism 2018 at yahoo.com again i always love hearing from you guys if you have a, a question a comment feedback whatever if you like megan are a listener and you would like to be on the show let me know i would love to hear your story the best way to do that would be to send me an email and just give me a little backstory about what you'd want to talk about if you came on the show and that would be amazing. Again, always love hearing from you guys and really always appreciate your ratings and reviews. If you have a few minutes to leave some kind words, that would be great. Otherwise, you can just tap that five star because that really helps too. But that is all for now. And we are heading into a, a crazy week. It's like the week before Christmas. So I hope all of you guys are staying calm and getting everything done. I literally just went Christmas shopping today because I had bought like basically nothing up until today, <laughs> but I made a little dent today. So that felt a little bit better. Um, all right. So that is all for now. And until next time, take care.